While the Pelicans fought hard in Friday's loss to the Nets, something you always want to see, there's a bad secret about that game, and I'll let you in on it. Plus, what happened against Dallas, and how can the Pelicans maybe grab some wins during this rough stretch of schedule? Let's break it all down in Monday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, another week's worth of shows for you. Unfortunately, coming after two straight losses for the New Orleans Pelicans, one at home to the Brooklyn Nets, which we'll talk about. They fought hard in that game, and that final score is close, but there's a secret I'm going to let you in on when it comes to that one. Plus, they got kind of run out against the Dallas Mavericks. I want to look at that game, too, and what can they do to get some wins? So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. A lot of other shows go away when the Pelicans aren't doing well, when they're losing. We're still here Monday through Friday because you care, you love this team. And I want to talk about this team here with y'all. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show as well. All right, let's get into it. Into the Pelicans loss to the Brooklyn Nets. Let me pull up the final score of that one. 108-102. It was a close game. And New Orleans legitimately fought hard all game long. And in fact, they had a lead at halftime. They looked like they might end up not running away with this one, but being up 15 points and taking it to the Brooklyn Nets when you don't have Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram, is pretty good. Kevin Durant, good basketball player. Kyrie Irving, also good basketball player. And then there's however you want to qualify Ben Simmons on that team as well. Plus a couple of very useful vets. And New Orleans, despite being shorthanded, came out and acted like they belonged with that team. Najee Marshall stepping up in, uh, in 33 minutes, getting a, at that point in time, career high in points, 23. He got to the line 10 times. This is a guy that goes, okay, we don't have anyone else to attack the basket here. I'm going to fill that role tonight. He fills whatever role this team needs him to do. Shoot threes, we'll do it. Play defense, we'll do it. Rebound can do it. Dish out assist, didn't need to in this one because they needed him to go and attack the rim, and he did. 23 points on just three turnovers with more than adequate defense. That's really good. 23 points on 11 field goal attempts are like Zion numbers right there. Najee was aggressive. He was fantastic in this game. He's been fantastic all season long and has been a real key piece to New Orleans. And without him, New Orleans gets run out in this one. CJ did well. CJ did well. 28 points from him. Needed to get that three-point shot going. Dishing out some assists as well with six of them. Getting to the line, though New Orleans doesn't like to make their free throws right now. We'll get into more of that in the next uh, in the next segment on the Dallas game. You know, CJ did what he needed 
to do. He's not going to put up kind of Zion efficiency, but he's going to go out and score and they needed a guy to kind of take those shots. He definitely did it. He was good too, but it was Najee and what he was doing, which really elevated this team, I thought. But here's the thing. That final score looks close. Six point loss to the Nets. That's really good with no stars. But this game wasn't close, particularly in the second half. You know, Herb Jones did a great job of limiting Kevin Durant, I thought, in this one. Durant shot the three ball well, four of seven for 33 points. But Chancha's nine of 26 from the field overall. That's 34.6%. It's a low number. Kyrie Irving was seven of 22. That's under 32%. Three of 10 from deep for just 19 points. But New Orleans got lucky in this game. I thought their defense was not great. Herb had some moments on Kevin Durant, but even when you kind of contest a Kevin Durant shot, like have your arm up, you're doing things, it's not actually contesting a Kevin Durant jumper. It's it's almost impossible to, to make him feel uncomfortable. The Brooklyn Nets were getting wide open looks and straight up missing them, particularly in the first half. They didn't shoot well. And as things kind of regressed more to the mean in the second half, they started to really get that lead and then start to pull away a little bit. And that's with New Orleans shooting lights out too. But I didn't think Brooklyn played particularly great in this game. And I thought as I was watching this that they could have blown out New Orleans. And you started to see them kind of come back to life. They shot 50% from three in the second half. That's because New Orleans was giving them wide open looks. And there were a couple of times when they just missed Shots they should have. There are a couple of shots mid-range from Kevin Durant that he should have made. A number of those Kyrie Irving threes were wide open threes that he just missed. That's not how you're going to win some games. Seth Curry missed a couple that he probably could have converted to. Now, New Orleans did a good job of rebounding those, I thought, and then playing up as much as they could. But they could have gotten blown out in this game, in my opinion. Now, here's the thing with that. It happens. It happens. Teams just miss and you've got to take advantage. And New Orleans, until the very end, pretty much did that. That's a credit to this team for being able to recognize that, man, we're not as good as this team right here, but they're missing so we can steal this win. And New Orleans almost did. Sometimes luck's just on your side, right? And then sometimes luck runs out. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You just need to be ready to kind of strike when things are tilting in your favor, when it's not necessarily just you. Now, I don't want to take much away from Herb Jones. He did a very good job at times on Kevin Durant and others that he was on. Same for Najee Marshall doing that too. Jose Alvarado, just a little too short to defend a guy like Kyrie Irving, but did as well as he could, I thought. He also had 17 points in this game. Everyone was just good. They're just missing their stars here. They couldn't execute down the stretch, and you saw turnovers. You saw missed shots. You saw them have an inability to get stops. You know, for the most part, they were also just making the shots they needed to. They just couldn't get, uh, uh, you know, an empty possession for the Nets to happen. It's just one of those things. It's, you know, out of 82 games, this was one that New Orleans could have had. And the fact that they fought down like that and kept this one close, even with a 15-point lead, meaning they could have won, I don't know. It makes you really like this team. It makes you feel good about this team. If you want to look at this, this is kind of like a glass half full loss to me, even with the luck involved, because luck happens. Luck happens for and against you. And 
if you lose this, you know, let's say you have like not luck on your side and you still lose it, it it's okay. Here, New Orleans had the luck on their side till it really shifted around halftime. So they could have gotten the win. They didn't. It's just kind of one of those things. I don't read too much into this, but you saw guys play particularly well. You had to like what you saw from most of them. You know, one issue that came up, which we'll get into in the third segment here, was lack of Jonas really being involved in this game and playing well and not really making the impact he would have liked. But I want to get into that more in the third segment of today's show. So that's coming up in a little bit on Jonas Valanciunas. But let's look at the game, the loss against the Dallas Mavericks, because this one I thought was a little bit more telling. Let's break that down coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who's going to do them for you instead. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stresses of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax 100% expert guarantee, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes already, doesn't it? Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more in Intuit TurboTax, full service products only, video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all like no one else is doing this. Breaking down everything you want to know about the team, the good, the bad, the wins, the losses, giving you the insight that makes being a fan more insightful and fun. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review. Number one thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube if you want to support the channel. We're free. It doesn't cost you anything. Take 30 seconds to leave a comment down below. It doesn't even take 30 seconds. Okay, so the Pelicans had two games over the weekend. We just talked about the Nets. It's a weird game. Could have won, but didn't until like luck just kind of shifted away from him, but it kept him in this along with their fight. A little bit different against the Dallas Mavericks. This is one of those ones where when I looked, did the episode on top trade targets for New Orleans, and we're going to do another episode with that too, other trade targets for New Orleans, because there are a couple of people, a couple of players that some of y'all mentioned in the comments on that show that I thought were good to really take a look at and see if they make sense for New Orleans. But they were all offensive players. Well, New Orleans needed it in this one at times. The first quarter is when this game was done. Dallas won that 34. New Orleans scored 15 points. New Orleans won the rest of the game. But when you go down that many that early on, there's not a whole lot that you're going to be able to do. They were just in a hole from the get-go and chipping away two points per quarter, things like that. It doesn't matter. Dallas took their foot off the gas. New Orleans got this one to down under 10 late. But this was similar to the Houston Rockets game for New Orleans, right? You go up big, and then you kind of ease off the rest of the way. And it ends up looking a little bit closer than it actually was. No CJ in this one for New Orleans. No Zion. No BI. No Larry Nance Jr. This was one that easily kind of like screamed like scheduled loss. Like they're just kind of punting on this game. And it seemed like it. But guys still want to go out and prove a point and play. And Najee Marshall is one of those guys, and he did. One night after setting a career high in points, 
He sets a new career high in points, 24 for Najee Marshall. It was a well-rounded stat line for him. Got to the line 10 times again, 17 shot attempts, making nine of them, four assists, three steals, one block, two rebounds. He fills a scoring need. This guy that can definitely get you 20. You know, he reminds me a little bit of TJ Warren, who we saw with the Nets, right? Kind of that that wing player that can come in and just give you some scoring, give you some shooting. Is just a well-rounded guy. And then if he's kind of your main dude that night, which New Orleans doesn't want him to be because you want it to be CJ, BI, or Zion, or Valanciunas, he still steps up and is capable of doing that. You know, you've got to give him so much credit, and he deserves a lot of love for his play and carrying New Orleans at times this season when that's not what you know he really should be doing and he's rising to the occasion being a really key piece for New Orleans off the bench Nick Engstad who hosts Locked on Mavs was texting me about Najee Marshall during this game and at one point I had to text him back and be like you want to trade for Najee Marshall he's like yeah I like this guy he would be great fit on the Mavs because he'd be a great fit on every team what a compliment to Najee Marshall of like Other fans want to trade for you and bring them to your team. Najee was great in this one. 24 points. Valanchunas got it going. 10 of 13 shooting. Yes, 10 boards, 25 points. They needed that from him. And then just not enough from anyone else. Trey Murphy, quiet night, taking just seven attempts. One of four from three. Herb Jones scored 16, which was nice to see him get going that way. Jose Alvarado off the bench coming in, scoring 14, and then no one else, pretty much. Kyra Lewis Jr. did okay in this. You could see his speed. He got downhill. He attacked. He looked good off the bench for New Orleans. That was great to see. 12 points on six shot attempts in 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes is great. But there was just no other offense. And the Pelicans bench just got run out of this one pretty much because there was just no answer to it. Starters played relatively okay, but they need to find the right kind of bench lineups, starting lineups when guys are out that gives you balanced scoring, the right kind of rotation. This is also one of those games of like, yeah, no CJ, no BI, no Zion. Don't worry too much about it. But at times you can see that the depth works around the stars when the stars are making the life easier, They're, you know, the, the role players' lives easier. And that was not the case in this one. And a lot of those guys just weren't really able to rise to the occasion. New Orleans shot 17% from three. No one in this game for New Orleans made multiple three-point attempts. They made five. Five of 29. You know, I get that... I got nothing on that one. You know, we've talked about it. They need more shooting, particularly when Zion's not out there. You should be taking more than 29 threes. And they were just incapable of hitting anything. And in this type of game, when you're when you're down that much, just keep firing away, trying to figure it out, right? Devonta Graham, 0 for 4. Dyson Daniels, who we'll talk about in a minute, 0 for 4. Najee, 1 of 4. Trey, 1 of 4. Jonas, 0 for 3. Herb, 1 of 3. Uh, Jose, one of four. Like all of these numbers are just terrible. They need to get a little bit more consistent offense. That's why looking at the trade deadline, guys like Bogdanovich from Detroit, previously Utah. I think I said in that show that I was like, oh, he's with Utah. No, he's just off by a year. 
might need a guy like that. You know, you could, I, I don't think they'll let Clarkson go. Clarkson wouldn't be my main target to kind of go after, but Beasley from the Utah Jazz would be a guy to go after as well. Just kind of instant offense guys that you feel you can rely a little bit on because New Orleans really needs it. And this game really shows that. Bench lineups play without Zion B.I. or C.J. out there. You need to have a bucket getter with some of those, and New Orleans is lacking that. And it's only magnified, of course, when no one's playing for them right now. But trade deadline, depending on how long Zion's going to be out for, and we still don't know when Brandon Ingram's going to return. We hope this week, but who knows? It makes me nervous, and at this point, maybe they do need to start really thinking about making a trade and bringing someone in sooner rather than later, even though that's not probably realistic or going to happen. But let me know in the comments down below, after watching these two games, what do you think New Orleans needs to do to try and get some of these wins? And we'll try and answer that question coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. One of my goals is always to eat healthier, lose a little bit of weight, and Built Bars are my secret weapon, and that's because they're healthy, but they're also delicious. These things taste like a candy bar, except they're a protein bar and good for you. And they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I really don't know how they do it because these things are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. I eat one for lunch pretty much every single day. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, I've been telling you to order Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head over to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-pack box a four-pack box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs, all of some of my uh, favorites. Or you can go to Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Built Bars, they're delicious. You can also get them over at Built.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team so subscribe, tell a friend about the show, leave a comment down below on YouTube. So the Pelicans are now on a two-game losing streak. They're in a tough stretch of schedule. What do they do? Because Zion's out two more weeks, two and a half more weeks, at least probably way longer than that. We don't know when Brandon Ingram's coming back, but he's also going to be a little bit rusty too. I like the load management against the Mavericks for CJ McCollum. Don't mind that. Keep him fresh because you're going to really need him on this stretch coming up. But you still need to try and eke out some wins. And I think we can see there's a couple of issues going on with the team here. So first and foremost, this team needs to make their free throws. If we're looking at how to try and win some games, keep them in games, make your freaking free throws, please. They are shooting their 16th in free throw percentage this year, 78.3%. They missed 13 against the Dallas Mavericks. They missed five against the... Brooklyn Nets, and they lost by six. You know, it doesn't take a ton to kind of tell you how important that is. Making those shots, getting that number higher a little bit, especially with guys that are, in general, good free throw shooters, it feels like. CJ misses them a lot. I don't really understand it. If you can get a couple of those gimmies, those type of shots, it's going to keep you in games, which means you have a bigger margin for error down the stretch. It means you can afford to have a turnover late in the game. 
or to not get a stop because your scoring's still right there. Those are easy points for them to get, and they're doing a pretty poor job of that so far this year. And it's been very disappointing to see. CJ is shooting 80% from free throw, which is not like a bad number, but for a guard like him, you know, that number is a little bit low, but it's kind of right in line with some of his career. He's been kind of down a little bit when it comes to these past couple of years. But if he can get above 80%, you know, a little bit higher, I think that would be a real big thing for this Pelicans team. Make your free throws. Don't miss them. Zion always feels like he's going one of two from the line, right? And he gets them and goes to the line. So you really want to see these guys making these shots to keep themselves in games more. Devontae Graham is shooting 77%. Najee Marshall isn't at 80%, right? Those are the type of guys that need to be making those free throws. Zion's at 71.4. You have Larry Nance Jr. at 72.7. Make your free throws. Jose is shooting 76%. Those are not great numbers. Another way to try and stay in some of these games, particularly a game like the Brooklyn Nets, when New Orleans really was struggling at times to get a couple of buckets in the second half. Play through Jonas Valanciunas. So there's that that's easier said than done for New Orleans because they don't make good entry passes. And I've talked about this on the show before. Jonas is not the type of big that plays like Zion. No one is, really, right? Where Zion was like, all right, give me the ball at the three-point line. I'm going to drive on down and I'm going to score and there's nothing you can do. Jonas needs to play with his back to the basket and post up a little bit more. We got to get him the ball. And New Orleans does not do a good job of making post-entry passes, right? Jonas has position. He sealed his man. That guy's on his back. He's kind of got his arm out and he's kind of keep fending him at bay. He's got his other arm sticking out being like, throw me the ball, I'll catch it. And when they throw him the ball, either the guy behind Jonas kind of pops it out or someone else comes in and picks it or the guy defending the, the passer knocks it loose and it ends up being a turnover and there's nothing New Orleans can do. Dyson Daniels is pretty much the only guy that can really, truly make consistent entry passes on this Pelicans roster. They need to practice that, I think. You got to figure out a way to get Jonas the ball a little bit more to make him more of a threat down low and maybe play inside out and use that as a strength to that for you. Nick Claxton shouldn't have been as effective as he was for the Brooklyn Nets because he should have been in foul trouble because of what Jonas was doing to him, but they just couldn't get Jonas the ball. And that's something they really need to figure out, especially when Zion and B.I. are out. You know, CJ and Jonas playing a bit of a two-man game, Jonas pounding the ball inside, is going to draw defenders. It's going to open things up just a little bit for others. And that gives CJ a little bit more space. Or when he's shooting well, it's going to make it easier on Jonas down below because they're not ready to come over and double him. Those are the type of things they really need to be doing to try and get some of these wins. They also probably in games when Zion's not out there need to be shooting more threes. Just see if it works, if you can get it going. They're, they're having a rough stretch of shooting, you know, after that Dallas Mavericks game, but they did fairly well against the Brooklyn Nets, home versus away. They're, you know, something to keep in mind too. But you, you take few threes when Zion's out there because, well, he has the ball in his hand and he's not shooting threes. And with such a high usage rate, the threes go down. It makes sense right? There's fewer shots to go around when Zion's out there with the ball in his hands. So guys like Trey and others don't get as many shots all the time because, well, Zion's doing the majority of the scoring for New Orleans. But when he's not out there like he's not now, shoot, shoot. There's no reason Trey should only be taking seven shots in a game. 
Find ways to spring him open to create easy looks for him to try and generate some offense because that's what's been the problem for New Orleans so far. The defense has been good enough. They're definitely not scoring or executing well down the stretch, and they need to figure out what to do about all of that. Let me know. What do you think they need to do to try and fix some things and get some of these wins as this road trip continues where it's about to get pretty tough, including a game tonight against the Washington Wizards. This one is almost going to feel like a must win with the Nets coming up, Miami and a bunch of other really good teams looming on the horizon. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.